It's a quiet game. At the highest levels, it's played in hushed surroundings by intense intellectual competitors. It's also played in parks by old men joking with their neighbors. It's played in school clubs by the smart nerds. It's even played in Harry Potter when pieces that move themselves can move themselves and endanger the opponents. <clears throat> Excuse me. Always it's played with the same special and specific rules. Each piece in chess has its way of moving, its particular purpose and its individual merit. The watchwords are focus, concentration, strategy. Unless the players were my brother Jimmy and my older sister Anne. My dad received a chess set as a gift. He gave my siblings a book to read and the board to play with, but he was too busy to make sure that they understood the rules. My brother read all the rules and memorized all the moves that the pieces can make. My sister, not so much. But Jimmy doesn't realize this until about they're about half a dozen moves in when Anne tries to move her queen just like a knight. She misunderstood the rules. And the story played out the same way over and over again. The opening moves, the hope by my brother that my sister would not do the same stupid thing she did last time, and the time before, the move of the queen leaping forward two and over one just like the horse-shaped knight. And then the argument about the move, and finally, the throwing over of the board by my brother. Because you can only excuse a certain amount of rule-breaking, even from a younger sister. Eventually, it seems not just ignorance, but a deliberate act. We like our rules, the accepted ways we are meant to play the game. Jesus came into a culture that had a lot of rules, religious rules and personal rules and social rules. People knew their places. People knew the expectations. The earthly kingdom values were clear. They knew which violations would be remedied by a sacrifice or an offering, and which would really get a person shut out of the family or community. They had one understanding of king and kingdom. A king had power. A kingdom was absolutely controlled by the king. Now, although that worldview had been disturbed by more than one invading army, and although it was disturbed by the Romans at that very moment, the religious people held on to the idea that the king, the one, the savior, the messiah, would come from God, get rid of the Romans, so they could continue playing the game of life by the rules that they knew so well. Rules like, the pawns are there to be sacrificed. The king is dignified. He can only move one space at a time. All the other pieces protect him, because when he is gone, the game is over. Check and mate. 
Only Jesus didn't play by the rules. He broke a lot of them. He was worse than my sister. He worked on the Sabbath. He claimed to be God. He didn't insist that his disciples fast. Christ came as a different kind of king, a monarch who changed all the definitions. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I say, turn the other cheek. Peace I give you not as the world gives. Or hear how he talked to Pilate. My kingdom is not from this world. My power does not look like the world's power. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the authorities. If my power looked like the world's power, I would let my pawns die to keep me safe from the religious authorities and the earthly power structures. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You don't understand anything I'm saying or doing. Pilate struggled with it. The priests and the Pharisees couldn't grasp it. God was supposed to send a king, a king who would overthrow the enemies, the Romans. This man could not be the one. He didn't look the part. His supporters did not play the game the right way. He would not be able to save the Jews from the rule of the Romans, and that was clearly what they needed a savior to do. They could only excuse a certain amount of rule-breaking. Eventually, it seemed not just ignorant, but deliberate. They wanted to throw the board and start again. We still have trouble understanding what Jesus was doing. This king did not sacrifice the pawns to save himself. He gave his life to save the pawns, the lowly, the earthly kingdom's expendable people. He gave his life for us. Now, I know our culture is not like that long-ago culture. Jesus was born into a human family in a very specific culture with religious and social expectations that were communicated clearly. We're different. We're no longer accustomed to a world where things stay the same, never change. Today, news travels fast. Technology revolutionizes our lives. Waves of social change move us whether or not we are ready to be moved. Things we used to fear would leave us ostracized no longer seem so terrible. We no longer have a set of unyielding rules and expectations. What we have instead is a divided community. A diverse culture broken almost down the middle on many social issues. We can ask almost any question on a social issue. Where do you stand on marriage equality, on the death penalty, on climate change, on the sanctity of life? And then guess what the other person's opinions are for the rest of the questions on the list. We are uncompromising. We'll argue 
over anything and never listen to the other's point of view. We're defensive. These values seem to override everything else. They are the new rules of the chess game. If I argue you into submission, well, check and mate. <coughs> on TV, on the radio, on Twitter, on Facebook, we play the, that game. We're adrenaline junkies. When we move into argumentative territory, we do it with our hearts pounding. I wonder about Jesus standing there before Pilate. And I wonder about Pilate, too. Did their hearts pound? Or were they still and calm as grandmasters? So you are a king. Check. You say that I am a king. Checkmate avoided for the moment. But then the crowd cries, crucify him. Checkmate. This king would soon be sentenced to crucifixion because the crowd asked for it. His own people felt threatened by the new rules that he offered. A new way of being in relationship with God, based not on laws, but on grace and forgiveness. It wasn't the solution people were looking for. Maybe it still isn't. It stretches us. It demands of us that we move past the limits of our contemporary rules and expectations and ask ourselves whether we are listening to his truth. God is not the one with the biggest armies or the largest advertising budget. God's power doesn't look like earthly power. Jesus overturned that expectation a long time ago. We're the ones who have trouble accepting it. We continue to use him to try to win our arguments, to prove that we are right, to talk so fast and so loud that there's no time to notice whether we or anyone else is actually listening to his voice. Checkmate. It comes from a Persian phrase, meaning, the king is helpless. And in earthly terms, he was. He allowed himself to be helpless for us. He didn't raise his voice or his hand or a weapon to defeat his enemies. This king would sacrifice himself to show God's love to show his love for us. You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Jesus the King, showing us strength in love and power in truth, and ultimately, yes, ultimately, victory over death. His voice has never been the loudest. The question is, will we listen? Let us pray. Jesus, the King of love, power, justice, peace, in our broken world, Help us to listen to you and to seek a new order. 
where there is courage to speak truth to power, where there is mutual support in church and community, where there is abundant time for healing, where there is peace and freedom for all. Amen.